Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. And, and um, God put something on my heart before I left, uh, really a breakdown of Psalm 1. You know, there's 150 Psalms in the book of Psalms, and this is the very first Psalm that we read. It's very, very short, not very many verses in it, so we're really going to kind of look at the whole thing, and it, it's not going to take very long. But I'm going to show you something that is so powerful, so transformational today, and I really pray that, that all of the men, especially all the dads in the room, that you would be so encouraged today and my, my job today is I, I will not tear you down today. I'm going to build you up. I'm going to encourage you in the faith and cheer you on as you become the man of God that God wants you uh, to be. So I'm going to look, uh, look it up, uh, Psalm chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, your phones, obviously it'll be up on the screen too. I want to start there with Psalm, Psalm 1, verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. And I'm going to read the first three verses, and then we'll stop, stop and break this down just a little bit. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person, the one who delights the one who delights in the law of the Lord. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do prospers. And of course, we've asked this question before. Hey, you know, if I were to say, hey, raise your hand if you want to prosper, if you want the blessings of God upon your life, all of us would, would shoot our hands up and say, yeah, I want that. I want to live that type of life. And if you want to prosper in this life, I want you, I, I want you to listen up. I want you to listen up. Because what I'm going to be teaching today is very transformational at the core. But I want to go through first things first. First things first. That the first thing I want you to know is write this down. No formula for God's blessing exists without faith. Okay, so faith is primary. Faith is primary. So we're going to be talking about delighting in the word of God. We're going to be talking about delighting yourself in the Lord. But faith is primary in that, in that, let me say it this way. Number two, my best life starts with what I believe, not what I do. And there's a reason for that. It starts with what you believe and not what you do because my actions are always a result of my thoughts. That, 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 go ahead and write that down too. That, that number three, that your actions, your actions are always a result of your thoughts. Okay, so here's, here's first things first, that there is no formula for, for the blessings of God without faith, that your best life starts with what you believe and not what you do. And the reason for that is that your actions are always a result of your thoughts. As a man thinks in his heart, the Bible says, so is he, so is he. So your life, your life is the sum total of your thoughts right now. Did you know that? Not just of your actions, yes, of your actions, but the thoughts in your life produce the actions that you live out. And the best life you could ever live is a life of faith. It is very, very foundational. In fact, so foundational that we are saved by grace through faith. 
The Bible says that we are to walk by faith and to live by the faith. So the first thing that we do to live this successful life is to surrender our life to the lordship of Jesus Christ, to be men and women of faith, be men and women of faith. And and the Bible says that's foundational for the life that we live in Christ. And then out of that faith in Christ becomes this delight in his word, delight in the Lord, but it it is something that springs from our faith. And the Bible says this in Psalm 1, verse 1. In fact, the very first word, right out of the gate, it says, blessed, blessed is the one. Blessed is the one, and it'll go on to say, who delights themselves in the law of the Lord. We're going to read another verse in a few minutes. It says, who delights themselves in the Lord. Blessed is that person. Now, in the Hebrew, the word blessed is esher. In this circumstance, in this issue, or in this instance, it's Esher, and it means happiness or contentment. And in fact, in our vernacular, the better word to be used in that moment is fulfillment. Blessed or fulfilled is the one. Fulfilled is the one. A life of fulfillment is yours to be had when you delight yourself in the word of God and in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you delight yourself in the Lord. In fact, that word Esher is even deeper than just talking about fulfillment that we have in life. It actually goes deeper than that in that it's plural. And and the the plurality of it is, is multifaceted fulfillment. It's not just fulfilled in one area of your life. You're just living a life of fulfillment, that you find fulfillment in everything, that that you're that you are just blessed. In all things, in all ways. And it doesn't mean that you don't struggle. It doesn't mean there are not going to be trials or, or issues that you have in this life. It just means this, everybody. As I look back on my life, I see the blessings of the Lord over and over and over again. And I am absolutely fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you feel like that? I'm just fulfilled. I find my fulfillment in him. Like, I would not want to live any life outside of life in Christ Jesus. You could offer me anything in exchange for Christ, and I would say, absolutely not. I choose Jesus because he is my fulfillment. He's my peace. He's my life. He's my joy. He's my hope. He's the anchor of my soul. He's everything to me. He fulfills me. In every area of my life, even though I have stresses, even though I have tough days, even though I have to escape for a little while to refuel. Can I tell you, you can refuel really well in the mountains. We spent our first week in Colorado, and and then we drove down to Santa Fe, and we spent about six days in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and then we just slowly made our our, our way back. I'll, I'll tell you, everybody, just... I just refuel when I'm out in the wilderness, when I'm outdoors, when, when, I'm, when I'm just away. And you're like that too. You, sometimes you just got to get away to refuel. Because how many knows it takes a lot of energy to, to live in this world. There's a lot of things that we face. But this world and the enemy never takes the fulfillment that I experience and that I own, that I have, that I possess in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, everybody, I'm so grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is to me. I'm so grateful. He is my Lord, and I love him so very, very much. 
He's everything to me. Is he everything to you? Can I get an amen on that, everybody? He's everything to me. You know, it's okay if you amen every now and then, right? It's, it's, it's okay. This is, this is church after all. And he says, blessed is the one. Blessed is the one. Fulfilled is the one in multiple aspects of life who doesn't walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. I'm, I'm going to teach you the dangers, the dangers, and then I'm going to go to the delight and then the destiny and the difference. But we're going to talk about the dangers because the Bible says you're going to be blessed and you think, okay, show me that blessing. He says, well, before you talk about being blessed, here's what you need to stay away from. How many know that the Bible tells us we're called to run a race? That, that, there, that there's this life in Christ Jesus. There's a prize that we're aiming towards. There's a goal that we're running towards. And we are to run with endurance. We're to pursue Jesus with all of our hearts. But all of a sudden, instead of running, we get to this portion of Scripture. Here's the dangers that it turns to walking and then to standing and then to sitting. And I'm going to show you the dangers if we're not careful in our life. Attention, parents. There's some dangers out there. There's some dangers out there that we need to be aware of if we are to live a life of fulfillment. The first one, the first danger, is walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And I'm going to go through these very quickly. The first one is walking in the counsel of the ungodly. The second one is standing in the path of sinners And I want you to notice the progression. We're supposed to be running, but all of a sudden we start walking, and then we start standing, and then, and then we start sitting in the company of the scornful. Can I tell you something about the scornful? The, 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 the mockers, some translations say, that, that, that some of the most critical people in the world are people who don't do a thing. Have you ever noticed that? Some of the most critical people, let me say, let me even personalize it more. Some of the most, some of the most pitiful, some of the most, I was going to say pitiful, that could be true. Some of the most critical people in the church, capital C, some of the most critical people in the church here in America are not people who are doing the things of God, who are living the life of God. They're just sitting there criticizing everybody else who's trying to do, well, you're doing that all wrong. Well, you should do it like this. Can I tell you something, everybody? I want to stand up and stop sitting there. It's better to do something and not do it very well than to sit there and criticize those of us who are following the call of the Lord Jesus Christ to the best of our ability. How many know that there's a critical spirit in this nation today? People are easily offended, and they are critical of everybody else. And the most critical people in the world are the ones that are just sitting there watching you do all the work. And it just makes you want to backhand them, right? That's not spiritual at all. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but you know what I mean, don't you? You're like, don't sit there and get up and help, right? See, some of the most people, some of those critical people are, are, are the people who don't do anything. And yet, if we're not careful, there's a progression that could lead us to that place of sitting with the mockers and sitting with the scornful. And there's a progression there. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the danger. In fact, the apostle 
He addresses a group of people, and he says, listen, you are running a great race. Who cut in on you? Remember that? You were running a great race. Who cut in on you? Because it can happen to those who are even running great races if we're not careful. There are some dangers out there in which we start walking, and then we start standing, and then we just start sitting. Those are very dangerous things. And in fact, I, I want you to write, through, this, this is not in your notes, but I want you to write down this progression. I'm going to give it to you in a little bit different of a way of, of, of walking, standing, and sitting. And I want you to write down these three words, thinking, behaving, and belonging. That's what it's talking about. See, when you're running the race and somebody cuts in on you, it changes your thought life. And all of a sudden, you start thinking about things that aren't good, that aren't right. You start focusing on desires that are not godly. You start being distracted from the things of God, and you put your attention on other things. And that thinking leads to behavior. You go from running to walking to all of a sudden standing. And then that behavior leads to belonging, sitting. And you get to the point that you're not moving forward in Christ anymore. Why? What happened? You went from running to walking to standing to sitting. And you're just not moving anymore. In fact, you oftentimes become critical of those who are. And that's dangerous. Everybody, we are called to run the race, to be faithful, to run with endurance and perseverance, having the strength of the Holy Spirit pushing us forward as we pursue Christ, as we love God and we love others. That's how we're meant to live this life. And the Bible says that that is a blessed life, a life of fulfillment. In fact, everybody, let's go to the next level because we don't want to live that type of life. What type of life do we want to live? We want to live a life of delight where we delight ourselves in this scripture, delight ourselves in the law of the Lord. In another verse, Psalm 37, we'll get to it, just delighting ourselves in the Lord. Let me tell you what that is. That, that the, the delight is joyfully, write that down, joyfully learning and living God's word. Joyfully learning and living God's word. I'm going to break this down to you in a very unique way that maybe you've never thought of before. But you say, well, pastor, how do I know if I'm delighting in the law of the Lord, in, in the word of God? How do I know if I, I'm, I'm doing that? And, or, or pastor, I already know. I'm, I, I'm not delighting myself in the Lord. And what is that? To delight in the word of God. How do I even know? See, when you delight in something... That, that nobody has to manipulate you to do it. They don't have to beg you to do something that you already delight in. Let, let, let me give an example of this. Okay, okay. I delight in the outdoors. I delight in the outdoors. Nobody has to beg me to go into the outdoors. Unless I'm in Florida and my wife wants to go to the beach and then I'm not into that. I just... Look at my skin, everybody. Look at my skin. You wouldn't go into the sun either if you were as white as me. 
because it's painful when you come back inside. How many know, how many know what I'm talking about? Fair-skinned people in the room. I look at my youngest daughter, Delight, and I say, you are so blessed. Oh, you're favorite of God, because you don't got to deal with this. You know, you don't have to deal with it. And, and um, I, 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 I delight to be outdoors. Nobody, when I was in Colorado, nobody had to twist my arms to go outside. In fact, the first thing I did when I woke up, oh, I get to go outside today. I get to go where the wildlife is. I get to go where the gold is, everybody. I get to go to the river. I get to sit in the river. I get to walk in the river. I get to hike out to the river. I get to be outdoors. You don't have to manipulate me to do it. You don't have to beg me to do it because I delight in the outdoors. I just do it because I want to do it because I delight in it. So some, some of you men, because it's Father's Day, some of you men, you delight in cars. Nothing wrong with that. It doesn't take much to put a wrench in your hand or to, to call you out to the garage. And your wife, where are you at? I'm in the garage. I'm just having fun. Why? Because you delight in it. Some of you, some of you delight in bowling. You just love to, to go. And nobody has to twist your arm to go bowling. I don't know why you do that, but whatever. It's, hey, it's your thing. It's okay. It's okay. There are some people delight in golf. It's just what they enjoy. You don't have to twist their arm to go golfing. They're, they're looking for opportunities. And the Bible says that we are to delight ourselves in the word of God, that, that it should be so, it should, it, your, your pastor should never have to stand up here and beg you to read God's word. It should be something that you delight in, that you look forward to. And you're like, Pastor, I, I, don't, know how, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't, know, I don't know how to delight myself in the word of God. Look, can I help you just be free today? Can I help you just be free? Because a lot of people, they pick up the word of God and they're like, well, I got to get my three chapters in today, or I got to get my 10 minutes in today, or I got to get my 15 minutes in today. And you have this, this quota, I've got to read five chapters, I got to read seven chapters, and you're just reading just to say that you read it. Would you just stop that? There's a better way to study the Bible. And I know people, some people are goal-oriented and can I tell you, there, there's a lot of people out there, I'm going to read the Bible through in this, this, in this year if it kills me. I'm going to do it this year. What a terrible attitude. Because then you're just reading to read. You're not reading to grow. And what I tell people is, you know what, when you'll start delighting in the Lord, don't, don't go into it with the mindset, well, I've got to get my, oh, it's only nine minutes. i got one more minute. Urgh. How many know you're not going to get anything out of that? So I just open up the word of God and I just read until I get something. And, and then the Lord will show something to me. The Lord will encourage me with his word. He'll, he'll bless me with his word. I'll, I'll get on something and I'll, whoa, I, I didn't see it. And then I'll just start chewing on it. I'll just start meditating on it. I'll start rolling that around in my mind and I'll start thinking about it and allow that word to change my life. Can I tell you that's more profitable than just to read it for reading's sake? Or just to read it out of guilt. It's more profitable just to take a small portion of it and allow it to change your life. And the more that the Bible changes your life and you're changed by the word of God, all of a sudden you'll find yourself saying, I can't get enough. Can, can, I, can I be honest with you? I've read the Bible through in a year. I've done that several times. I've read the Bible through multiple times. And, and I've, I've just gotten to this place in my life Whereas I'm reading it, I just, when something just pops out, I just want to chew on it for a little while. Because I'm feeding on the word of God, I want to ingest it, I want to get it. And, and the more I delight in the word of God, the more I want to go back to it. 
And, and so, so in the morning, I, I, I love reading the word of God. And, and when I go to bed at night, Jennifer's saying, hey, can you shut off the light? You know, I just, I just, just let me finish this. Just let because I, I always just want a little bit more. I want a little bit more because now I delight in the word of the Lord. Why? Be, because it benefits me. Because I'm blessed by it. Sometimes because I'm corrected by it. Because it does that too. Sometimes I'm reading and something will pop out to me and it, it's, oh, I hear you, God. Lord, help, help me in that area. Fix me in that area. And then you allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you as you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, in the word of God, joyfully learning and living God's word. Can I tell you, that's just a better way. It's just a better way. Now, if, 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 you, if you want to read through the Bible in a year, go for it. Do it. But don't leave out. Don't leave out the encouragement of it and the teaching of it and the correction of it. Don't leave those things out just to get the job done. How many know what I'm talking about? We got to delight ourselves in the Lord and in his word. And then if you do that, can I, can I tell you something else, everybody? That when you delight yourself in something, did you know that it's measurable? That delight is measurable. And I, and I mean this, if you really delight yourself in something, how many know you're going to do it? You, you, can, you can number the times. You can, you can measure the amount of time or, or the changes that have happened. It's measurable. So I don't know if I delight myself in the word of the Lord. Well, what's changed in you because of it? What have you been meditating on? Let, let me ask you a question, an honest question. Through his word, what has God taught you this past week, I don't think he's taught me anything. Then you might not be delighting yourself in the Lord and in his word. You see what I mean? Because it's measurable. There's, there's some things that I was just reading yesterday that I got sermons coming out of everywhere. I mean, I, I'm, I'm writing down sermon ideas all the time. I'm, I'm writing down stuff that just things that God is doing in me and that he wants to do in my family. I'm, I'm taking notes in my phone. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I got, the, the Lord is showing me things. And if you say, Pastor Justin, what did the Lord show you this past week? Oh, lots of stuff, lots of stuff. But I delight myself in it though. You see what I'm saying? See, see it's miserable. I can come back to, to you from, from Colorado and Santa Fe, and I can tell you every, every uh, animal that I saw, all, all different types, I could tell you how close I was to them. How could I do that? It's measurable. Because I delighted in myself. I was paying attention. I, I took notice. I delighted myself in the outdoors. Everybody see what I'm saying? And if you're delighting yourself in the word of God, then the word of God is going to stand out to you. It's going to change you. And, and it's measurable. It's measurable. And if you delight yourself in learning and living God's word, there's going to be a destiny. And I want to read this to you. That person, the one who delights in the word of God, that person, verse 3, is like a tree 
planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. See, there's a destiny attached to delighting yourself in the word of God and in the Lord. The destiny is the, the first thing. Write this down. Living, living a secure, spirit-filled life. And I say that for a reason, because the Bible says, if, if you delight yourself in the word of God, it, it's like a tree being planted by streams of water. Meaning, meaning when you're planted there, the roots are going to go down deep. You're going to be very secure. And, and streams or rivers in the Bible from literally Genesis chapter 2 to the very last chapter in the Bible in Revelation, it says that, that rivers and streams represent the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? And you're going to be like a tree planted and secure by streams of living water, meaning you're going to live a secure, spirit-filled life. See, see what's happening in this world, everybody, a lot of people I talk to, they, they come up to me, and Pastor, what, what about this? And what about what's happening over there? And what about is going on in this nation? And what aren't you concerned? Aren't you stressed? And I'm really stressed. Can I tell you something? I'm not stressed at all. Why? I am secure in Christ. The Bible, the Bible says this. If you are a, a devoted follower of Christ, as things in this world are being shaken, you remain unshakable. That we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. See, I'm secure in who I am. I'm secure in what Christ has called me. I'm secure in the fact that God will provide for me and my family. I'm secure in the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me and tell me what I need to know when I need to know it. I'm not scared of it, everybody. So a lot of people are sending me emails and they're sending me texts and, well, what do you think about this? And I, did you know that this is happening? And part of me is saying, yeah, I don't care. Because that has, it's, not, it's not relative to what God has called me to do. It doesn't change my life. I'm already secure in Christ. I don't worry about those things. I just, I'm just faithful to God every day. I just want to be faithful to God every day. I just know what the Lord has called me to do, and I'm going to do it in, in diligence and in faithfulness and in love. I'm just going to commit myself to it and just trust that God's got my life taken care of. I got nothing to worry about. See, everybody, there's a lot of people in this room, maybe even watching online, that you don't feel very secure right now. And I would tell you, delight yourself in the word of the Lord. And you'll find out while this world is shaken, you'll remain unshakable. That's a good word. Come on. Somebody needs to amen your pastor, everybody. I'm better than your amen, and that's all I'm going to say. By the grace of God, I'll tell you that, by the grace of God. Living a secure, spirit-filled life, the, the, the second thing is bearing continuous fruit for the glory of the Lord. It says you're going to be like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. We're talking about bearing continuous fruit for the glory of God. And the last one is in prospering in every way. The Bible says, whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. Well, what's going to 
prosper, Pastor. Everything, whatever you do, it's going to prosper. Because, see, when, when you delight yourself in the Lord, when you delight yourself in the word, you will start finding out that your, your life will align with the will of God. And as you align your life with the will of God, all of a sudden he just starts pouring his blessings out upon your life. As you align your life with his will, he will bless you to keep going further and further and further for the glory of his name and the expansion of his kingdom, how we say it here at New Song. And you you notice we say that phrase a lot here. I say that phrase a lot. Everybody, we should be living for the glory of our God and the expansion of his kingdom. See, see, here's what I I want you to know about me, and, and, and you already know it. You already know it. But I don't I don't live for fame. I don't live for power. I I don't live for money. Those things are just temporary. I live for that which is eternal. And when you live your life for the eternal things, that God has this way of just blessing you to an extent that I don't deserve the way that God has blessed me. I really don't deserve it. It's his grace, but he knows my heart. He knows that I don't want to disobey him, that I want to align myself with his will for my life, his purpose for my life. And as I live a life of surrender, he just keeps blessing me and blessing me and blessing me. He just keeps blessing. He keeps prospering. And you say, well, pastor, what's the formula? What's the formula? I'm telling you the formula. Delight yourself in the word of God. Delight yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say this. A pastor and his team should never, have to, should never have to beg you to come to church. We should never have to post anything out there. Hey, be sure to join us this Sunday as if you're not going to. We should never have to do that. Why? Because if you're delighting yourself in the Lord and delighting yourself in his word, then you're going to love to be in his presence with other believers, worshiping him and exalting him and growing in the faith and being encouraged by his word. You should love that to the point that nobody has to manipulate you or beg you or offer you incentive. Oh, I was glad when they said to me, let's just go to the house of the Lord. I was just glad, so I went. Come on, everybody. You know what I'm saying? And if, and if you're wondering on a Saturday night, boy, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should go to church or sleep in. I don't know. Can I tell you something? You might not be delighting yourself in the Lord. And I want you to, I want you to pay attention to that because there's dangers and I'm pointing out the dangers to you that you'll go from running to walking to standing to sitting. That is not the life that God has for you. Some of you need to have a renewed delight in the Lord today. Living a secure, spirit-filled life, bearing continuous fruit and prospering in every way. Those are promises of God that you can hold on to.
And here's the, here's the difference. I'm going to show you the difference now. I'm, I'm going to read the rest of Psalm 1, starting in verse 4. It says, for those who don't delight in the word of God, for those who are not delighting in the Lord, it says, not so the wicked. They are like chaff, just, just worthless, that blows, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assemblies of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Did you know that in the New Testament, it says that, that Christians were part of the way? That's how they were originally known. Well, I'm just part of the way. How many know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? We're just part of the, part of the way. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. I'm going to point out something here. And again, these things just come to me as I, as I study the word of the Lord. That the righteous take a road less traveled. And the Lord watches over that way. The righteous take a road less traveled. But the Lord watches over that way. Making sure that you live a life of fulfillment. Blessing, prosperity. He watches over that way. Yeah, let, let me say this a different way, everybody. I want you to, I, I want you to listen in. This is, this is so important. That if your life looks like the life of everybody else around you, even those who don't know Jesus, could it be that you're not delighting yourself in the Lord? Because you're not supposed to look like everybody else around you. You're not supposed to resemble those who don't know Jesus. Your life is supposed to stand apart. It's supposed to be different. Why? Because when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, he came in and he made all things new. The new has come and the old has gone. And all of a sudden I recognize now I don't look like the rest of my neighbors. Yeah, I... I we dress the same. We all drive cars. We all live in the same type of house, but I don't look like them. I don't act like them. I don't talk like them. I don't watch what they watch. I don't listen to what they listen to. I don't go where they go. I'm just different from them. Why? Because I'm part of the way. I'm part of the way. And the Lord watches over my way. And he leads me in a way that helps all of those who are not part of the way to join the way. Just yesterday, uh, my, my, uh, we, we obviously just got back, and so yesterday afternoon, I decided, you know what I got to do? I got I to clean up my car. How many know that when you come back from vacation, your car is always trashed? You know that, right? Like french fries are everywhere and dirt and sand, and it's just all, it's just all everywhere. And so we, we kind of, all three of me and, and my two daughters, we kind of, it's like, okay, you take the back, you know, the other one take the front, and then I'll take the outside, and we just all out there cleaning it up. And as my, my, my neighbors are walking by, I, I actually just stop what I'm doing because I've learned something a long time ago. A neighbor is far more important than my car. And so I stop what I'm doing, and I inter I'm, I'm introducing myself to my neighbors that I haven't met yet, and I'm just starting a conversation with them because I want to make sure they're part of the way. But I, I want to make sure that, that, that they... That, they, that they're followers of Christ and that they end up in eternity because I know that heaven is real and so is hell. And, and so I'm thinking God thoughts all the time. 
I'm always thinking about the things of God because I delight myself in the Lord. And when I delight myself in the Lord, he shows me his heart. And his heart is always focused on those who don't know him. And my heart is always focused on those who don't know him. And so as I'm meeting my neighbors, and I could call their names out, and I, I, I won't, because I, hopefully they're going to be here in church today or watching online, so I'm not going to call their name out. But I could call them by name as I get to know them. I start investing in their life, and you have to know something. I'm pointing them to Jesus. I'm just pointing them to Jesus. Why? Because he's the way. Because I delight in the Lord. Because I delight in his word, then I know his word is real. I know it's true. And because I delight myself in the Lord, he has poured his desires in my heart. And now I have a heart for others. See, I, I don't look like, I don't talk like, I don't act like all of my neighbors who don't know Jesus. Because I delight myself in the Lord. And he shares his heart with me. It's the difference, everybody. It's the difference. Psalm 37, we'll end with this. Don't fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. And I love this, trust in the Lord. New song, trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. And, and listen to this, I, I'm going to change this verse. A little. I'm going to add my own two words here, okay? Attention, parents. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And what I found out is as I, as I delight myself in the Lord, my desires have become his desires. The old desires I used to have are no longer my desires. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't desire a bunch of money and fame and power. I don't desire those things. I just, I just don't. I desire lost people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And I desire that all of us become passionately devoted followers of Christ as we, as we perpetuate the gospel of grace. I just desire that. Attention parents. Attention grandparents. Your children need to see you delighting in the Lord. They need to see you delighting in his word. They need to see you living out the purpose of God upon your life. Your children need to see you worshiping God unashamedly. They need to see you kneeling before God. They need to see you reading the word. They need to see you and need to hear you quoting the word. They need to see you serving and loving and caring. They need to see it. They don't need to hear you preach a sermon and then not live life accordingly. They don't need hypocrites in their life. They need a generation of moms and dads and grandparents to be men and women who delight themselves in the Lord.
They need to see it. I'm not, I'm not the best parent out there. I know that. But as you know, by the grace of God, I've, I've come to this place in my life. I just turned 49 a couple of weeks ago, and I just only recently have I gotten to this place to say, you know what, I think I have the authority, to some level of authority, to teach on parenting like I, I never really felt that before. Like any time I taught on parenting, I always kind of stole other people's material because my, my, my kids weren't yet grown, and I thought, I don't know if I have the authority to teach this as of yet, but can I tell you something? The, the, the fact that three three out of my four children, my, my youngest is not quite old enough to, to make this call yet, but the fact that three of my four children are answering a call into ministry, can I tell you that that's not coincidence? That's because they saw their mom and dad delighting themselves in the Lord. And you can ask any of my children, I'm the same person up here on a Sunday morning as I am on a Monday or on a Wednesday or on a Friday. I'm the same. I'm just the same. I just delight myself in the Lord. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. And when I mess up, I own up. I just apologized to Isaiah, my second son, just a couple days ago. I said, I'm sorry, buddy. I think I screwed up again. Would you forgive me? Yeah, Dad. You know, like, yeah. Can I, can I tell you, if you, how many know that if we mess up in front of our kids, we need to own up? And just apologize. Hey, kids, that was not godly. I'm sorry. I'm still dealing with that in my life. That's okay. Kids will allow for mistakes. But don't live your life as a lie. Don't preach something and then not live it out. Attention parents, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, one of my greatest desires, far more important than you, and I love all of you, far more important is that all of my children love God with all of their hearts. That's one of my deepest desires. How many know when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He gives us the desires of our heart? And my children, I declare, are going to be passionately devoted followers of Christ for the rest of their lives. But they need to see it in Dad and in Mom first. And men of this church, husbands, fathers, I'm so very, very proud of you. I'm so very proud of you for taking this word seriously and for living the life that God has called you to live. And if there's some things that you need to own up for because you've messed up, could, could I just tell you, go home and own up. Say, baby, I'm sorry. Kids, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not the person that I always want to be. And I guarantee you, they'll give you a big hug and say, that's all right. And then you move forward, delighting yourself in the Word of God and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you stand up with me this morning? God, God put something on my heart today. And, it is, and, and we do this often here at New Song. We do this often, but I have a blessing that I want to speak over the dads, and I'm really being serious, dads. I love you. I'm proud of you. You're heroes. You're heroes. And here at New Song, we don't trash you. We honor you. We honor you. Great men of God. You are becoming who God wants you to be, and I'm so proud of you for listening to him and for following his lead. And I'm going to speak a blessing over you. And I, what I'd like you to do, for all of, especially all of the men in the room, even if, you're, even if you're not a dad, that's okay. It's all the men in the room. Just open your hands toward heaven. And all the ladies, all the wives, all, 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 
it, it, all the kids, anybody else around, could you just put your arm around dad, around your husband, children, you can gather around him too. Put your hand on their shoulders and let them know that you're with them. And I'm going to speak this blessing over all of you, but especially over the dads today. Here it is. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. And I thank you for the great men of God that you've placed in this church. Not only placed in this church, but you placed in this city. You placed in this county. And you placed in North Central Indiana for a reason. For a purpose. For such a time as this. And I thank you for all the dads. I thank you for the gift of dads in this life. And we thank you, Father, that you are the greatest dad ever. You are Abba Father. And we know that you cover us in your great love. And we honor you and we worship you. Now I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your blessing, your favor, your strength over every father. As we seek to walk closely with you in a very dark world, I bless them with renewed courage and boldness and for your spirit to fill them like never before. And I declare that you will make them aware and alert of the schemes of the enemy. Keep their footsteps firm and guard their way. Help them, I pray, to always stand strong, to be men of faith, to say no to what is wrong and to say yes to what is right. Fill their hearts with love and compassion and joy and faithfulness and cover their lives with great peace. Thank you, Lord, for raising up mighty men of valor, godly men, not only in this church, but in this generation, those who would know and honor you with their entire lives. I bless them with faithfulness and wisdom and integrity. And may they grow in their love and passion for you and for their families and in the calling to follow you above all else. May they delight in you every day of their lives and lead their families in the way everlasting. Thank you for dads who fight for their families and who do battle in prayer over those they love. Thank you for raising up mighty men of God. We give you praise, and we answer the call. And we declare these things as being done in the name of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God. And if you receive that today, men and parents and ladies and everybody else, say a big amen. 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 Men, I love you. I honor you. Before you leave today, make sure you stop by the gift table and get something on the way out. First come, first serve. So help yourselves. If some things are gone, sorry about that. We'll know better next year. God bless you guys. I love you. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.